Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome everybody. We're in week two of a new sermon series called Better. And today we're going to be looking at seeing those relationships become better. Last week we talked about choices, better choices. How many know choices are really important? I mean, priorities are, are really important. Next week we're, co- we're covering choices, and the week after that we're, we're covering making, becoming a better testimony, a better witness of the King. But how many know that relationships are everywhere in your life? Everywhere. You know, driving down the road all alone, no seatbelts or anything, just you by yourself, you're still in a relationship with all the other drivers. As long as there are other cars out there, you're in a relationship because if you don't stop when that light's red, they're going to know it. You see what I'm saying? Everywhere you go, at work, at home, anywhere, we are in relationship. And we're in relationship with God. Some of it really good, and some of it not so good. But just because it's not a good relationship doesn't mean there's not a relationship. But to be honest, I'm sure that for the most part, we don't mean to make mistakes in relationships, but we do. So to be honest, has anybody ever said something or done something that could have hurt somebody that you're in relationship? Now point at everybody else who didn't raise their hand. (laughs) Can we not all relate to that? Have you you not ever misspoke and go, I did not mean that. Or even worse, did that come out of me? I spoke that which was supposed to be quiet. And it slipped out. But do you realize that it's not the messing up that really destroys relationships? You want to know what really destroys relationships? It's that after you messed up, how did you handle it? Did you handle it correctly? I'm sorry, I was wrong. There's no excuse. Will you forgive me? And this, I'm going to see to it, doesn't happen again. How many know when somebody does that, you're... You're like, well, forget you. I don't want any part of you. Most likely you're going to go, it's no big deal. Even if it is a big deal. We're not going to be giving attention today to the idea, well, let's make this a sermon about, even though I was silly, well, let's be honest, stupid. I'm not going to make excuse for what I said or what I did. That, that's not what this message is about today. I want us to look at a story out of the book of Genesis to discover three precepts of making better relationships. Now, there's a whole lot more, but th- these are three great ones because they come out of a story about a pagan king, a Philistine king by the name of Abimelech. And then another man of faith that we all know by the name of Abraham. Now, before we get into the text, I kind of want to get us an understanding of of where this relationship has been before we get to the text here in Genesis. 
So where had they been? Well, Abraham shows up into this Philistine's area, and this Philistine guy is from a place called Gigar, G-E-R-A-R. Now, he's there, and they're meeting everybody, but God's been doing a miracle. Ladies, you're going to love this. A lot of uh, Jewish theologians believe that when Sarah was able to give birth in her old age, it wasn't the miracle that she gave birth in her old age, that the miracle was that God reversed her body clock to that of a younger woman. And all the women said, Amen. So she looked fine. She was beautiful. She was great looking. And Abraham was a bit of a coward because he knew that this Philistine king would see Sarah and think, Woo! Let's add that. Let's get, add that to, my, to my, my harem. Let's put a ring on her finger. Let, let me have her to be mine. Because Abraham said, Sarah, you tell everybody that you're my sister because if not, they're going to kill me so they can take you. And she goes, okay. <laughs> and guess what? The king looked at her and says, you are beautiful. Oh, you're just sister and brother. Hey, come with me. That night when he was going to bed, God did a miracle because his heart of integrity was intact. And God threatened to kill him if he was to touch her and marry her. He said, hey, he said that was sister, not wife. I know, he's dumb, he lied. That's why I'm doing this to save you, Abimelech. So the next day he goes up to him and he says, Abraham, what is this you've done? Do you realize a Philistine king believes in God that God is now speaking to him in dreams? Doesn't that break up some rules? And he confronted Abraham because now there was a situation. And Abraham asked for forgiveness and God, but he learned something. He learned that God was with Abraham. And he saw all of his family and how large it was. And he saw all of his flocks and how large it was. That's equivalent to trying to say, look at all of the cars and all the boats and all of the houses and all that stuff. See, to them, the cattle, the herds were, were all of that. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 21. Now, Abimelech is starting to get concerned because this is a really serious situation. He's worried about something bad happening. So verse 22 says, At that time, Abimelech and Phicol, that's the commander of his forces, said to Abraham, hear what he says, God is with you in everything you do. That's what he tells Abraham. Wouldn't you love that to be said about you? God is with you with everything you do, Pastor Dale. Can, can you imagine that? That somebody who's a Philistine, a pagan, is seeing the hand of God in your life? Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me and the country where you now reside as a foreigner the same, catch the word, 
the same, say it with me, one, two, three, kindness I have shown to you. Verse 24, Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained or made him aware of, brought to his attention to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You did not tell me. And I heard about it only today. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. And the two men made a treaty. This is a covenant. This is, this is biblical stuff. This is the kind of a covenant, the treaty that will be recognized from one, two, three, four, up to six generations later. Generations. No paper needed. Just blood. Just blood. Blood that would be put into a goblet of wine and they both would drink. And the, blood, and the blessings and the curses. Whole nother teaching. Verse 28. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what's this meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart by themselves? He replied, accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug the well. So that place was called Beersheba because the two men swore an oath there. The interaction between Abraham and Abimelech really exemplifies about how to make relationships better in three different ways. Now, one of the ways is in part through kindness. Kindness. Abimelech asks Abraham to promise really to be fair with him and his descendants. If you experience a rift in your marriage, in a friendship, with your family, at the church, at the job, with a neighbor, in your business, kindness is, the, is one of the greatest tools available to restoring a relationship. Even if it's going well in that relationship, if you want it, to continue, or to even get better, kindness is one of those things to make it happen. Ever notice that when there's a struggle in relationship, that the natural inclination is to not be kind? To be rude? To be a little bitter? Have you ever seen those people when, when you ask for something and they're mad at you and you don't know they're mad at you and you go, hey, can, can you hand me my glasses? And then they go, here you go. What are you doing? You're being rude. What, what are you really doing? I'm mad at you, but I'm not going to tell you. You catch what I'm saying? I don't know, have you ever... Have you ever seen we're being rude and bitter and angry and, and not being kind 
not being tenderhearted, if you're all those ugly things, an ugly heart, have you ever seen that that kind of heart has made the relationship better? Anybody? Rudeness makes you happy. No. But isn't it funny when you've been offended, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to be mean and rude back to them. But you know it's not going to make the relationship better. So who do you think speaking to Marvin when that kind of stuff is happening coming out of me? Coming out of you? Not hard to figure out. But here's what God wants Marvin to do. This is what God wants you to do when you're facing those kind of situations, when there's a struggle in a relationship. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Here's what he tells me. He says, get rid of all bitterness. What? Get rid of all bitterness of rage, of anger, of harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. You know, you can't have great crops when there's weeds in there. you got to go through and clean up all that gunk you don't want in that dirt. And then part two. Some people go, I don't cuss, I don't smoke, I don't chew tobacco, and I don't kiss women who do. You know what? I might have the best dirt there is. No weeds. I might have the cleanest heart. I got, I got nothing ugly in my heart. I took it all out. But if you haven't put the right stuff in there, it don't matter. So now let's go back to this verse again in, in Ephesians. Verse 32. Instead, Paul tells us out of Ephesians, instead, read it with me. One, two, three. Be kind. Wow. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why does that F word always come up in the Bible? You want to know the number one problem in the body of Christ today? It's the F word. Nobody wants to forgive. Oh, we got quiet in the house. I have my rights, Pastor. I have a constitution behind me. I don't care what the Constitution says. When Jesus tells us this is what we got to put in our dirt, in our soil, if I don't do it, I am disobeying God. If I'm disobeying God, God can't bless me. You know what I've actually done? Think about a valley, a beautiful stream, river running through it at the bottom, and there you put a dam up. And a bigger dam. And a bigger dam. You know that all that God wants to flow into your life, the blessings that will go from you to your children and to your children's children, are all dammed up by a dam called unforgiveness. It holds back God's flow of blessing in your life. But if I say, no, I forgive. I don't care if they deserve it because I don't deserve it either. I let it go. I take my hand out of the monkey trap. Remember the monkey trap? It's tied to the tree and there's the coconut 
the coconut tied to the rope, the rope tied to the tree, a little hole big enough just for the size of a monkey to go in. There he grabs the bait. It's oranges or some kind of fruit or something that he likes. And he won't take his hand out because he made a fist. And inside the fist, he got what he believes is his. His rights to the food. He's got a grip on that rice. He's got a grip on the slices of orange. And he won't let But all you got to do is let go of it. Can we let go of the offense? Because if we can't let go of the offense, then the hunter shows up with the baseball bat and hits that monkey up the side of the head and has monkey stew for dinner. And the monkey wasn't trapped like a bear. It was all because he wouldn't let go. Just let go. I encourage you in verse 32 where it said, be kind. I don't know, grab a crayon, grab a pencil, grab a pen. Circle that, underline that, highlight that. Be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. It's going to make the difference. Let me tell you a story about kindness. If you're an athlete, you're going to really appreciate this. These were two softball teams, and they were it was against Central Oregon, against Western Oregon. This was in about April of 2008. True story. And um, her name is Sarah Tokolsky. And she got up to bat and hit a three-run homer. She was a freshman. She hadn't hit a home run. This was a big game. Uh, I think it was playoffs, if I remember right on the story. She takes off running. She rounds first base. And whatever, she stepped wrong and blew out her knee. You know what I'm talking about over here, Steve. And her knee's blown out. She crashes to the ground. The coaches come out. They're going to help her and pick her up. As you touch her, you, you, the rule is you can't touch her, coach. If you do, she, she's, she's, she's automatically out, no home run, no runs. And if any of her team touches her, same thing. Now, or if she doesn't make it, if, if you put a substitute runner in for her, it will only be a base hit and she'll only go to first base. No home run, no three-run homer. You know the other team heard that? The other team threw their glove to the ground, went over and picked up Sarah, and they walked her to second base and let her touch. They walked her over to third base and let her touch. And they brought her to home base and let her touch. They lost the game and won in the kingdom of God. Do you know what happened again? March of 2023. She hit a home run, different girl, two different teams. Rounded first and fell down. This time it was a grand slam. And the other team members looked at each other and without hesitation threw their gloves down and they picked up the opposing team's home run, grand slam hitter. Don't wait when you have an opportunity to be kind. Step up. 
And watch what God will do. Kindness will change the atmosphere. It will change the world by just being kind. Especially when somebody doesn't expect it or earn it or know that it's coming. That's how Jesus works. Here's another way of making better relationship is to be honest and open with our communication. And we see that with Abimelech and also with Abraham. So after the promise of a mutual kindness was made between Abimelech and from Abraham, Abraham says, hey, 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 there's a real serious situation I need to bring to your attention. Abraham brought to Abimelech's attention that his workers, that his crew had seized and taken his water well. You got to know something. If during the Bible days, if you dug a well, all that, that heartache, the expense, the, the work, and all the trouble to find a water, to make a water well, you had the rights to the water well. In essence, it was yours. And Abimelech's crew kicked out Abraham's guys and took over the water. This is big. This is a big deal. Have you ever had a serious situation come up in a relationship in your life? Between him or her? Between you and the kids? At work? Somewhere in the community? A big thing that was costing you your reputation, money, ever happened? Folks, we've all been wounded. We all can relate to a serious situation. And in Abraham's case, the situation was the water well. Well, the important key to the story was that it was the first thing that Abimelech had ever heard about it. First time. So Abraham was in the wrong, but he was also in the right for saying something. I don't know who did this, Abimelech says. You never told me about this before. Relationships will never be repaired through silence. I know I got quiet in the room, so I'm going to say it again. If you keep your offense and you're really upset with somebody and you don't say nothing about it to them, they're, they're, they're just going around life, oh, everything's happy, everything's good, and it's just making you more and more mad. How can they be like that? I know they know. I got news for you. They don't. He's a man. And all the men are going, I resemble that remark. You know why? Because men can't read minds. And neither can women. I don't read minds. Nobody reads minds. So we got to be realizing, if I stay quiet about something that really hurt me, something that really offended me, 
Now I get it, sometimes it's pretty clear and super obvious. But 99% of the time, not so much. You got to go up and say something. You got to let them know. But how you do it is more important than that you did it. How many know that the way you handle your offense is more important than how they offended you? Be careful how you do it. Don't accuse him because there might be a part of the story that you don't know and you go, well, that all makes sense why you did what you did. But if you start off with, you know when you did and when you said and you this and you that, you put them on defense. They're going to back up. But if you go, hey, I, I got this thing. I've just been struggling with it. It might not be anything, but, but I got to let you know because I value our relationship. This is important to me. And I don't want there to be anything between us. And I don't want to hurt you, and I don't want to be hurt. But I got to tell you, this, when this happened and when you said this, it really bothered me. Now, now they're able to say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. I, I did I own it. That was wrong. Or, oh my gosh, we weren't talking about that. We were talking about Joe and, 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 and Julia. That, that had nothing to do with you. You just walked in the room. You thought, we, no, we weren't talking about you. You see how that could happen? But if you don't have open communication, you can't get to repairing and restoring the relationship and watching it grow. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 15. If your brother wrongs you, and that means brother or sister, go and show him his fault between you and him privately. Privately. If he listens to you, you've won back your brother. If you feel that you've been wrong, Jesus said that the responsibility to start the conversation rests with me, not them. You've been hurt, you start the conversation. Well, they're the one. That's not what Jesus said. You're the one who's hurt, you start it nicely do you know you can be in disagreement and still be kind write that one down i can be in disagreement and still be kind now here's another one to make us better in relationship is establishing boundaries so abraham he liked how things were going in the conversation with Abimelech. And this is what he says. Now, we read it, but I'll read it again. So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. And the two men made a treaty or a covenant. And Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs. These are female lambs, by the way. What, what does that mean? That means he's going to get more, he's going to get more sheep. Catch that? And Abimelech asked Abraham, what's the meaning of these seven new lambs you have set apart? He, he replied, accept these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug the well. Wait a minute. Shouldn't you pay because you've been stealing Abraham's water, Abimelech? You, Abraham's being the generous one and saying, listen, I, I'm, I should have come to you before. <laughs> I, I've done wrong. 
I'm going to take the high ground, and I, I just want you to know that I'm so serious. I want this to be a covenant between us. So here, here's a gift. Can, you, can we just make a note that that's, that belongs to Abraham and his descendants, that water well right there? And Abimelech says yes. Because coming in with a gift showed he wasn't attacking or expecting and demanding Abimelech to bow down to Abraham. Do you see the approach? He was respecting the relationship. He was wanting more relationship. Not, hey, let's have our final conversation and we'll never see or talk to each other ever again. It was pretty smart. Because it was authentic. It was real. It's a great picture of two very influential men. Abraham, a man of God. Abimelech, a king. And they were both being respected and honored. The two attitudes that Abraham displayed while he was seeking the boundaries for the relationship. Do you know boundaries are important in relationship? You need to know where you can and can't go in the relationship. And the first was, he was willing to be giving and not just taking. You know, give and take in relationships. He was willing to be giving instead of taking back the water well. And selfishness is one of the biggest relational problems we face. Secondly, be willing to do right when you've been done wrong. Abraham gave the king an unspecified number of sheep and all and the different kind of cattle, maybe the goats as well. We, we don't know, but we know that it had to be a significant number. Then he brings out another seven on top of that. Wow. He was a giver. There was mutual respect. It's part of the bedrock of good relationships. But you can't force it upon that other person and they forcing it upon you. I think this is part of the reason God blessed Abraham in spite of all of his weaknesses and silliness. Sarah, you just go ahead and be uh, my sister today. Like, what are you thinking? Obviously he wasn't. And Abraham was, in this moment, he was being like his heavenly father. God doesn't just write people off because they've sinned or they've offended God. God goes the extra mile. He puts the Lamb of God on the cross and says, I'll pay the penalty for everything you've done wrong, Marvin. Everything you've done wrong in your life. He says, I'll pay the price for that. Why? So you can be with me at my table in my home, in my heaven, so that we can have relationship. Not, not just for a year or two, but forever. Because you're welcome in my home. Wow. If we get this, the body of Christ gets this. If I can get this, Revival will break out. Father, I pray for each and every one of us. 
We all want better relationships. Lord, it's really hard to try to figure out how do we do this when we've been hurt? Sometimes to, to, the, to the marrow of our bone, it's been devastating. And yet, God, it's You. If we can emulate You, we can see victory happen. We can see a relationship restored. Lord, help us to be kind. Help us to be open and honest. God, help us, Father, to establish boundaries that are reasonable. And help us to forgive. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I struggle with this in relationships. Maybe it's even with God Himself or, or with somebody you know. Maybe from somebody from yesteryear, from many, many decades ago. And it's still plaguing you to this day. And you want a better relationship, especially as far as it goes with you. I want to pray with you right where you're at. I'm not going to have you stand up or anything. I just want to pray with you. Would you raise your hand? Would you lift your eyes up? And we can pray. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Set me free. Amen. If you're here today and, and you go, I, I just know I'm not even in a right relationship between me and the Lord. I, I just I want to know that if I if it came point and I, I something horrible happened and I passed away, that I would be welcome at the table. I'd be welcome into his heaven. I want my name written down in the Lamb's book of life. If you're not sure and you want to know that, would would you just look up or raise your hand and we we're gonna pray. Amen. Pray this with me, church. Say, Dear Jesus, I love You. Thank You for dying on the cross for me. Be the leader of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I need You, Jesus. Thank You. And Lord, I pray for everybody that was lifting their hands and saying, hey, I've been struggling in relationships. Maybe it's with one person. Maybe it's with the Lord. Whatever it is, but they want victory. They want to know how to be kind. They want to know how to, to step forward in open communication. They, they want, Father, to have victory in each and every area of their life to be able to easily to forgive. And Lord, we just... Pray that you would set the captive free right here, right now, in Jesus' name. They reached out to you, God. Now touch them and guide them. We ask this in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.